everybody. Welcome to our first episode of Human Factors Cast Infinite. I'm your host, Nick Rome, joined today by my good friend and yours, Mr. Blake Arnsdorf. Yes, indeed, Nick. Back in the saddle. Back I'm in, in the... I'm excited for two podcasts one week. This uh, is my favorite thing ever. Or, or really... So, look, we've been doing this for about two years, Blake. <laughs> we... <laughs> We have been doing this for two years. We have zero excuse for what happened last night to have happened, but, uh, you know, you do this long enough and technical errors sometimes happen. So here's what happened, folks. For you listening at home, uh, what happened was Blake and I recorded the whole first episode of Human Factors Cast Infinite last night, and then when we go to drop it, we realized that there were some technical errors with the recording, and it was, uh, you couldn't listen to it. So... We're going to try again tonight and hopefully there's nothing no errors that we can we <laughs> that happen. I just it was really frustrating because we had a lot of good conversation. We might reference some of that tonight. Uh if we do, I'm sorry, but it's just the way the conversation goes. So, before we jump into things though, Blake, I want to talk about what this podcast is. And uh, just to kind of let our listeners know, if you're listening to this right now, you are paying for this content. Uh, The first episode we're making available to everyone, but if you're listening to this, you're paying for this. So this can be anything. And, And really what our hope is with this podcast is to kind of be an experimental space for content that since you're supporting us, we want to support you back and provide content that's good for you. Sometimes it could be hour-long banter if we don't have the resources to do other things, but because we are being supported by listeners like you, we are able to kind of experiment with things like um, potentially like spoiler casts from your favorite media like Black Mirror or Electric Dreams or something like that where we kind of break down this content uh, that's a little bit more on the fun side. And then you have things like uh, we could do like a human factors cast or human factors history, like what happened this week or what happened, um, significant events, what led up to certain things, certain research highlights. If there's a, a lab that has done a lot of really interesting research and, and uh, maybe we potentially reach out to them and do stuff. So there's a lot of really cool ideas that we're kind of percolating, but we wanted to put that up front so that way we get your thoughts on it too. And if there's anything that we missed, please feel free to suggest because this is just as much your podcast as it is ours. So uh, with that said, Blake, uh, do you have any other ideas for this podcast? I mean, this is this is kind of like a show meeting right now, and that's fine. Um, but I think talking through it could kind of help us uh, brainstorm a little bit. Most definitely. I mean, one of the things that I thought would be helpful, especially because I know one of the Patreon listeners uh, is getting or getting into or is already starting. I can't remember when when he actually starts grad school for Human Factors. So if there's like topics that come up that are, I don't know, difficult to grasp or you want to learn more about, I figured that would be a great way to, you know, both provide kind of the educational aspect, but also like helping out people as they need it. Um, and Nick, and I, Nick, you and I, something we've talked about before is like doing portfolio reviews as part of this. And I know that's like upper tier, right? But we could even, we could break down like how you would go about doing that so you could apply the skills to your own stuff. Uh, sure. So that's, that's like another avenue. And again, you got, sorry for, some of the callbacks, but something Nick and I actually were hoping to talk about or talked about last night was um, the difference between like a novice user versus versus an expert user. So Nick is really into a game called uh, it's called Galaxy of Heroes, right? Yeah, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. <laughs> yeah, so Nick's, Nick told me about it the other day, and I've gotten really into mobile gaming. 
um, like Hearthstone and PUBG when they released it on iPhone and all that kind of stuff. I'm just really enjoying the experiences. And so I thought it'd be fun if like Nick and I broke down like his perspective on the game and the mechanics and how all the UI feels and all that, all that kind of good stuff versus mine, somebody who's never touched it before and doesn't understand it. Uh, that's, again, a lot more on the long lines of the fun side. But looking forward to hearing what everybody has to think in terms of what they would like to see us do. Cause I know that Nick and I want to do some of the fun gear, but I also want to make sure that we're providing people that are listening and paying to listen to this kind of content, get something out of it. Yeah, I completely agree. So I think, you know, one of the, one of the more fun things I think we could do is, you, you know, like the serial type podcast where they go on this investigative journalism, um, yeah, yeah. kick, you know, I, I think we could do something like that. And, uh, this is this is kind of live on the spot here. So this is this is actually there's really quick for listeners who are just joining us. This is uh, our Human Factors Cast Infinite. This is basically we named it Infinite because there's a there's an infinite amount of topics that we can cover on this show, and uh, we just kind of wanted a platform for us to kind of express those. And but again, it's like it's about us, but it's also about you too. So, but with that said, the investigative journalism stuff, I actually. Uh, put together a track our patreon uh subscribers have actually heard this but um i i put this on the uh the website the other day it's it's basically like a uh an investigative journalism track if i can find it let's see did you put this on slack or did you put it on the, the actual human factors cast site on uh the i put it on the Human Factors Cast Patreon. So, ah, cool. Yeah, let me see here. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can find it and pull it up, but uh, yeah, it's a investigative journalism track. I don't know. It just kind of sounds like one of those things, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's a format that we could do. We could do. We could do really whatever. But sky's the limit with this. If you if you have ideas, let us know. We're happy to do it. Again, you are paying for this, so. It is something that we want to give back to you guys. So, again, uh, just let us know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because if not, we're just going to enjoy ourselves and talk about human factors here and there. Oh, we'll, like, we'll, if anything last night, right, it's going to be, like, media-filled. We'll, we'll enjoy ourselves either way. Yeah, so <laughs> we did talk about a lot about media last night. Um, do you want to bring up some of the things that you were talking about? I mean, it's okay. We can revisit some of these. I have no problem with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's... <laughs> Nick brought up like some great points about um, about the new Han Solo film and we both had like a really ri- ridiculous laugh about their choice in characters uh, for, for Han Solo himself and for anybody out there that doesn't really doesn't really know who's, who's in the film I'll, I'll let you have a laugh at my expense so somehow I had totally messed up I don't know if it was one of my parents told me or I just decided this was true I thought Woody Harrelson was going to play young Han Solo now he's a pretty old guy but not I know so young some fun stuff <laughs> yeah not so young at all um, so we, we had a laugh watching that I really enjoyed uh, Nick's commentary about it because like Nick and I are both Star Wars fans but he's definitely a much more well-versed Star Wars fan than myself yeah, uh, and, and he pointed out a lot of kind of inconsistencies in terms of like how the character was being portrayed for Han Solo. Yeah, so I can go into that a little bit deeper. So I think for me, like one of the main problems, or I guess, so there's there's three trailers out so far, and they just released another one. Uh, I guess it would have been Sunday night, and um, you know we we watched this and talked about it last night. But some of the main takeaways were that 
before this last trailer, I wasn't as excited because the character of Han Solo didn't really feel like Han Solo to me. It kind of felt more like uh, somebody trying putting their own spin on what Han Solo should be and so like I'm not I, I wasn't sold on it uh, but seeing the newest trailer I see more and more of it and it's kind of like uh, this whole you got to get to the journey of the character right as long as he gets to that cynical Han Solo that we know at the beginning of episode four that's it's okay it, it, he doesn't have to be there at the start as long as he gets there by the end of the movie yeah, exactly. I think you you made some great points about the dialogue that he uses too, and how just like off putting it can be. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it it looks like it'll be fun. I'm I'm just stoked to see another Star Wars movie, to be honest. And Nick, I think you have you alone have convinced me to try this movie pass thing out. Oh yeah, that thing's great. Be- yeah, oh. because Lisa and I were talking last night, er, and but we want to both we I want to see Ready Player One, and she we both want to see um. A Wrinkle in Time, and I was like, based off of just seeing those two movies in one weekend, like we've pretty, we've definitely paid for Movie Pass, so you might as well just try it for a month and see if it works out. Well, don't forget, you have to like, you have to each buy a Movie Pass, right? So you'd have to buy one, she'd have to buy one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, but that's only like ten ninety, like ten bucks per person, right? It's, I think it's like what a hundred a year or something, and then you have to pay annually. So that's the only kind of downside. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. That's spicy. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a sting, but I mean, I think it's worth it, right? I mean, we talked about it. It's worth it because if you yeah, like, it definitely sounds like it's worth it for us. We go to Regal theaters and we use the Costco passes, which cost ten dollars. So for us, we have to rationalize eight movies throughout the year uh, at ten dollars a ticket. We have to rationalize eight. Uh, for movie pass to be worth it for us, I think. Um, I think it was eighty or something. Like so, so really, I'm I'm trying to do like the cost benefit, right? So, uh, but I think it'll more than pay for itself because I'm gonna go see Han Solo multiple times. I'm gonna go see uh, so many movies that I normally wouldn't. And what's cool is that you can still use like your loyalty card. Uh, so oh, that's cool. Like my partner, she goes to see a lot of horror movies and we talked about this a little bit last night that I'm not really a horror movie guy. Um, just because it, I don't know, like I like the psychological horror stuff, but for her, it's, it's, uh, it's, she's all about that horror stuff. And so, uh, you know, like I think there's, there's this, uh, where am I going with this? There's this reward for the, um, there's there's a reward for Regal Cinemas where if you goes to see these four horror movies, you get digital copies of them for free. So you what? can yeah right. So you can still use your your uh, loyalty card on top of Movie Pass, and it's it's kind of cool, right? So like I don't know, getting movies for free. I I might go see them just to to fill it out and get those digital copies. I'm that's a really cool benefit of a loyalty card too, being able to get digital copies of the. Of the film. Do, I wonder, do they come out like pre-release or is it only after the films come out? I think it's after the film. So, I mean, like they have you come back multiple times throughout the year, right? So the first one is um, the Truth or Dare movie coming out this weekend. And then you have um, uh, several movies throughout the year up until November 8th, I think. And if you've seen all four of them by November 8th, uh, your account will be credited with the digital codes and you can go and redeem them i have a question for you blake have you do you what do you like for your your media do you like physical copies do you like 
digital copies? How are you like with yeah, that? This, this, is, this a- is such a tough question for me, man, because honestly, I love the physical copy. Um, but the problem is, is like over the past few years, especially like now living with a girlfriend and having to like be careful of the space. And I just love movies so much that it doesn't even make sense for me to have physical copies anymore. I, uh, I will like buy, you know, like steel box cases or something or if it's like special edition type stuff. Mm. Like I, I have, like I, I'm kind of in some ways I'm an like an anime nerd, right? So I have like a bunch of Akira box set stuff. I did not um, know this about you, Blake. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, hidden, hidden gems for everybody. But yeah, I mean, I've gotten really, really bad about just buying stuff on like Prime because it's it's hooked to my Prime account. I get like I get some kind of discount off and that all that kind of stuff, and it just makes it so easy. Like it like. There was at one point where Elise and I were just binge watching Harry Potter all the time. And when I say Elise and I, it was mainly me binge watching it all the time. And like I just bought them all on Amazon Prime and would just watch it all the way through. So I don't know. It's it's I I go both ways. I would love to just have a room full of physical copies of stuff like that when it comes to media. But um, the one thing that was the hardest for me to give up and I'm not sure that I'm done giving up on it was stop when I stopped buying CDs. Because there was something just so oh, epic about yeah. the experience of buying a brand new CD, like like with the especially if bands like really put effort into the booklet and the cover art and the stuff that they put inside right. of it. Um, like Mastodon was one of my favorite examples of that. And, uh, but I've even, I've even stopped that. And so CD quality, you get much more quality than just MP3s, and it's like, yeah. uh, you know, and then you go one step up and you get the the records, and those are even higher quality, and it's, you just keep stepping up in audio, audio quality. Um, I'm with you though, man. So like, I we've I've been really on this digital copy kick lately. The only movies that I will get are, like you said, those Steelbook collectors editions, right? Like, um, the the like Star Wars I'll get, uh, Harry Potter, um, Lord of the Rings, Back to the Future. Like those are hard copy sets that I want in my possession because if Amazon ever goes down or whatever, I have those. All I need is a device, a TV, and some power to put them in and play them. And, uh, but I mean, what's, what's nice is that over the last couple of years, you've seen the shift to where you get this digital copy with the physical medium as well. So if you buy the physical copy, you at least get a digital copy. And that's in fact what I did for star Wars, right? When I got the last Jedi, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I immediately put in my digital code. It was ready for me by the time I got home, I just loaded it up on my Amazon. And what's nice is that it had all the bonus features at the end of the movie. So you played the movie. And then at the end, you add all the bonus features, and it just kept, keeps playing through them. You don't have to select, like, deleted scenes or whatever. And it just keeps going. So that's – I kind of like that. Um, it's it at, looks, one, it at look, one point, that was a deal breaker for me with the physical – not buying a physical copy because it used to be that all the digital stuff didn't have – or especially through iTunes, did not have the deleted scenes and the extras. And I'm such a nerd, and I love to listen to, like, the commentary of whoever oh, – yeah. So that, yeah, that when they started doing that, I think I really was like, okay, we'll jump ship here and just go digital. It's still a little difficult to get the commentary set up. Um, You know, you got to go into like language, commentary, subtitles, uh, and then, you know, it's still a little bulky, but I, they're, they're getting there. And I think that's exciting to me, but my partner, she is very much, I want the physical copy of everything. And we're, we're going through the process of like, or she is anyway, of, of upgrading all her horror movies from DVD to Blu-ray. 
And then, you know, collecting these steel books along the way because she loves every horror movie ever made. Basically, I'm I'm completely generalizing here, but you get like she's that that's her genre um, where like, <laughs> you know, Star Wars is mine. But I've, I've kind of thought of this uh, really interesting way to because you mentioned the space. Right. And I think that's a big thing for us, too, is we got like these bookshelves full of DVDs. I don't like that. And video games, right? You and I both game. So like keeping yeah. all these video games and a lot of times video games are, are not that great to um, to buy physical copies either because they don't come with any of those instruction manuals like they used to or anything like that. Yeah. There's nothing really. Do you do you still buy physical copies of games anymore? I do if it's not something that I will play a lot of, right? So like like if I know I'm going to play a lot of a certain game or it's something that Justine and I will switch between, um then I will <laughs> I will very much buy a digital copy and I'm like one one regret is that I bought a physical copy of Mario Kart and that's one that we frequently go back to. But to like change out the little cartridges to put in Mario Kart again, it's a pain. So I know if I'm like switching between things a lot, then I will buy the digital copy. If not, then I'll buy the physical copy because it's that fear of like, well, if the service ever goes down, if the eShop ever goes down, I won't be able to play any of my Switch games. Uh, yeah. But I still have the physical stuff and I can just pop the cartridge in or the disc. I don't know. Oh, it's, I didn't know that Switch had like cloud service. That's crazy. Yeah, they do. So, um, so I prefer physical, but I've been uh, I've been slowly making my way to the digital. And like I said, I'm on a digital kick now, so I might just keep buying digital. Um, but I, I, I think I've come up with a storage solution for the physical copies. So what we're going to do is we're going to put all of our like DVD um, or I'm going to push for this. We're still discussing it. Uh, but we're we're hoping to move soon, so I'm hoping that this goes through. But um, we're gonna put all of our cases in like a, a storage tub and just put it out of sight, out of mind. And on the shelf, we'll have our Blu-rays or not our Blu-rays, our steel books. We'll have our steel books. We'll have our little um, sort of the the collector's copies, whatever you know, like the Lord of the Rings extended edition, uh, leather bound, whatever. We'll have those on the, the like the things that look good on the shelf. We'll have those. But then we'll also have one like CD binder or maybe two or three, right? One for Blu-rays, one for DVDs, one for video games or whatever, and just put all the discs in there. So that way it's going to be super easy to flip through and find all the, the discs in one place. You just go one place. You know it's there. You pull it out, you flip through, or, uh, you know, um, but still have the nice-looking things on the shelf so people are like, oh, wait, your collection is missing this. Well, no, it's not. It's there. You can see it. <laughs> Um, but it'll, it'll condense a lot of space. Right. And we can, I don't know. I like, that's where I'm at right now. And I'm, I'm really trying to push for something like that, especially with video games. Right. Cause I mean, you kind of go through a game and then put it aside or you sell it back or whatever. And I never sell any of my stuff back. I like keeping, I like, I'm a hoarder when it comes to video game stuff. Right. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah, I like I've stopped buying physical copies, so I don't have anything to sell back anymore. <laughs> so they're all just dig it's all just digital on a hard drive for my Xbox. Um, but yeah, I totally get it. I used to do that with all of my CDs, what you're talking about with doing with right. your DVDs. And back then, for whatever reason, I didn't like want to buy the bigger case, so I ended up with like a bunch of these like little the little uh, 
I don't know, bifold cases of just CDs. Right. I think I've got six of them like in the cabinet over there alone. And that's not even everything. I've got like a, I literally have one of those big grocery bags that you get from Ralph's full of just CD cases. And I think half of them are empty. Um, oh, wow. But they, I don't know. I, I just, and Elise and I have talked about it. Like we really want to get a record player. But I'm hesitant to get one because that's just going to – I'll go off the rails. Oh, yeah. There will be just vinyl oh, everywhere. A whole box of worms. Hey, as long as we're talking about music, um, I <laughs> I brought this up last night. But uh, you ever drive to music and uh, like get way into it and drive a little bit more dangerously than you probably should? Oh, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, constantly. <laughs> so I was, I was, uh, I was driving to uh, the Battle of Crate from The Last Jedi. I'm going to see if I can bring it up here. Let's see. I think it's somewhere around here. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. So I was, I was listening to this track as I was driving through a windy hill as we were going to a hike. And I was like getting super into it, right? And I was like, oh my God, I'm driving the Falcon. And it's this just is like one of my favorite parts of that entire film. Ah. Uh, Man, the soundtrack is so good. It is so good. I, I, uh, as long as we're talking about uh, music and media, I, um, so I don't collect CDs anymore. I listen to all my music digitally. I'm not as much as an audiophile as you are. Uh, when it comes to my music, the only things that I do cherish are like my Star Wars uh, soundtracks, and um, like that is that is one thing that I will always insist on having a physical copy of and i've had like several versions of the star wars soundtracks throughout the years um and uh you know they just came out with this remastered they just announced the remastered of the uh, the first six movies and uh my partner surprised me and said happy may 4th i got these for you and so they'll be here on may 4th i'm really excited to just sit down and listen to all of them like front to back um it'll be a good time there you go man <laughs> oh Blake's over there. Sorry coughing. about that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome, man. Uh, since you've said that, I'm going to do that for somebody else that's in the same room as me. So ah. a little wink to everybody. Oh, I, I didn't know they were doing that, and that sounds awesome. And that particular person likes soundtracks. Well, I oh, it's yeah. It's, I don't know because what if she listens to the show, man? What if she listens to the show? <laughs> she might, but I don't know. <laughs> she might forget. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully she will. But yeah, I mean that's uh. I, it looks to be like in the same um, physical style as the last two movies, the the um, Last Jedi and Force Awakens. They come in these like nice cardboard cases that uh, kind of have this shine to them. It reminds me of like collecting holographic trading cards. <laughs> like uh, it just it feels good. Um, and they have like the pamphlet with all the art in it, and just feels good. So I'm excited for those. That's going to be super cool. Like, uh, what was it? I think it was Macedon remastered one of my favorite albums. It was called Crack the Sky. And they they released like a, uh, they did this with vinyl too. But at the time, I just didn't didn't even think I was going to ever collect vinyl. But they did the same thing. They released it like in a hard case with a bunch of artwork from, I can't remember the name of the artist. Um, he's amazing stuff, like especially for the album because it was one of those it was one of their early concept albums like talking about like space and time and all sorts of weird stuff is this um, a, but um, yeah i cherish that so much is is so this is mastodon crack the sky that's an album right yeah that was oh, okay album. all right because i i have it here uh pulled up but i'm 
I, I was like, oh, it's a full album because it's like 50 minutes long. So. Yeah, it's pretty long. <laughs> but this is it. Just so, just so people have a reference of what we're talking about. This is the kind of music Blake likes to listen to. <laughs> as long as it, we keep talking about music, but I mean, we um we kind of brought this up last night, right? Where we're we both kind of like the instrumental stuff, and uh, I thought that was really interesting because I I never knew that about you. I knew you liked kind of uh the medley kind of music. Um, I just didn't realize that you liked the the sort of instrumental stuff. Yeah, so when I was in college, I played in a bunch of different kinds of metal bands, but the one I played in the longest was a a strictly instrumental metal band, and we would play these like really long jams for an hour at a time. And I just I kind of fell in love with that. I mean, because I like uh, not everybody gets it or whatever or understands it, but I like the the crazy vocals that come with some of the newer metal, right? But I really enjoy just the tones that people pick and some of the different pedals people use, and also the the crazy drop tunings, like even even well, not Mastodon, they use like all standard or whatever. But I, yeah, I just I really got into instrumental music of all kinds, like basically all through college, and I still rely on it all the time like we were talking last night like something i do is kind of like a productivity hack that i picked up from it was from a tim per- tim paris tim ferris podcast with the guy that runs or that came up with automatic and uh, wordpress and basically what he does he picks a song and he listens to it on loop for like productivity because you don't you already know all of the like beats of the song it's nothing new nothing to really grab your attention Although I don't know if I agree with that because I always get sucked into something that I've never heard before. We're uh, we're talking uh, about the same song on loop, right? Yeah, it's just like one song on loop. Um, it, we were talking last night, like I've been doing that to go to the gym, to work out, all all sorts of stuff. I uh, I have a quick sidebar on listening to the same song repeatedly. <laughs> so <laughs> when uh, when. Uh, yeah, uh, this is going to be a really embarrassing story, but it's okay. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, quick sidebar, my mom listens to all these podcasts. She's she's a very supportive mother, and I love her very much. Um, so she might actually uh, find this really funny and entertaining. I don't know. But uh, when my partner and I first started dating, um, we moved in together at my parents' place because we were, we were going to move to... Uh, Idaho for grad school shortly after and it was just kind of like an interim place and um, (laughs) uh, basically the way it was situated is that my room was kind of right next to my dad's room and he would play uh, Happy by Pharrell on repeat over and over and over again a good song right good song but when you listen to it over and over and over again uh, both my partner and I were really fed up with it. And, and, um, so now it's kind of like an inside joke between us that, uh, you know, at, at, it, it's kind of morbid to think about, but at his funeral, we'll play happy in a minor key. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. we actually found a copy and let me see if I could pull it up here. Well, we can keep talking, but, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those things where like, you, you you listen to a song too much and it really drives you insane. Uh, oh god! Yeah. So Nick, funny story like to to add to that, right? My I get this habit of listening to one song on loop from my dad as well, right? Uh-huh. And but he would always do this to me. We have the most opposing tastes in music. Oh uh, boy! But he did this one time with uh, a Cheryl Crow song called <laughs> "Soak Up the Sun." <laughs> 
God, I know. I listened to it for an entire four days straight with him, just (laughs) on loop. (laughs) Worst ever. Uh, in minor. Hang on. So I'm pulling up this this version of Happy. Yeah, here it is. Oh, I got an ad. Let me let me just wait for the ad. We bring these shows to you ad free because you're paying for this right now, and uh, we we appreciate you. So. Um, okay, here. Let's see. Oh, it's still it's still waiting. But uh, okay, here it goes. <laughs> it's like, a riot. It is, isn't it? Right? Like, just imagine this at somebody's funeral. I want that in mind. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sunshine, she's here. You can take a break. What the hell? yeah uh when we when we found that we were dying laughing because we were like it's just this inside joke between uh my partner and i (laughs) we always whenever we hear that song we talk crap about my dad in that week but uh yeah um yeah good song but terrible (laughs) memories Uh, it it doesn't get any better than weird memories with fun songs and parents oh man i uh yeah Oh man. Well, uh let's see here. I dude, I you might notice that on camera I keep uh reaching back because because I have sand all over the place because we went to the beach today for the first time in forever and uh I'm a pasty white guy, so I got to like get get all the sunscreen everywhere, right? So I don't come back with burns and uh sand is sticking to me. So if that's if you're seeing that, that's what I'm doing over here. Hey, hey, man, I'm just glad you didn't come back as the lobster, man. Um, that is no fun. I've been there, too. Yeah, the um, the lobster game is not fun. It is uh, a really terrible, terrible thing to have happen, uh, especially as a pasty white guy. Um, yeah, that's not fun. But, oh, yeah, there was this thing that happened at the beach. That's why I, ho- that's why I put it in the thing to be even begin with. Uh, but, um, man, human nature is... is Really something else, I got to say. Have you seen some of those news stories where, like, people will go and, like, ogle a baby dolphin or something that has beached, and because of the amount of attention it gets, they kill it? No. Have you have you not heard of any of these wait, news stories? Wait, wait, do they do they kill it because it's, like, a bystander effect of just staring at a dolphin that's been beached? Yeah, and, like, no one does anything to help it, or, or people are taking selfies with it, like... The, That's those, ridiculous. Those stories that make you lose all hope, hope all hope in humanity, right? I'm like, glad I don't read those stories. That's awful, this man. This is a thing that happens, and it's terrible, right? If, so, I mean, if it was a whale, I mean, hell, what are you going to do? But a dolphin? Get a bunch of people to push it back up? in. Yeah, so, so uh, we were at the beach today, and... Um, you know, uh, this other family come, come here, come here, you know, ga- gather in the troops uh, and they go, you know, down, down the beach a little bit. There's a baby seal that is on the beach. And, uh, you know, I was concerned because I had read stories like the ones that I just mentioned. And so I went over and uh, kind of made sure that, you know, no one was going to, um hit this thing or touch it and in like take selfies with it or anything, just let it be. Right. Uh, so I went down there. Thankfully there was a lifeguard down there already doing the same thing. Um, but, uh, man, like it just, it drew a whole crowd and 
it was it was one of those moments where I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to kick some ass if no one's like, if people are trying to like hurt this animal or or prevent it from doing what it wants to do. Like, mm-mm. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna go all uh, all uh, PETA on your ass. I'm I'm oh not a God. affiliate of PETA, but I mean, I I feel strongly about um, you know protecting animals and the environment and all that stuff. So. Well, it's, it's a really weird experience, right? When you get to see, not so much sea lions, I guess, because they, they like dock into, they'll get it in and out of the water. And I don't know, I feel like I've seen a bunch of those in my entire life. I, I too don't agree with the like the interfering with animals and things they need to do. Like they're, leave them be. They don't need anybody getting in their business. But it, it is unbelievable when you see something like a dolphin or a whale and it can just be overwhelming. Because when you think about it, really that's just stuff you're not, supposed to see they live in the ocean right and you really normally we wouldn't go down there sparse the technology we have and then deciding that we're going to go out there on boats so i can see the the overwhelming aspect of it but uh the the bystander effect like extending to animals that doesn't make any sense to me especially when it's something that is now in an environment that's so dangerous for it like where there it, it's really not possibly going to do you any harm um when we're talking about like a dolphin, so it's it's such a bummer that people just kind of get all get all savvy with their phones or whatever, but don't like have any common sense. I know it's almost like we got to play this song in tribute. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> it's so good! I just want to sit here and listen to the whole thing. Oh my god, you're a riot. Hey, um fat fudge, what is that? <laughs> oh god, okay. So, uh, if anybody doesn't know or has not like heard of this, I I stick to as closely as I can a ketogenic style diet. Not necessarily like I'm always in ketosis or whatever, but at the end of the day, the easiest way to understand that if you've never heard it, don't worry about it. It's just basically instead of burning fat or no, instead of burning carbs or eating carbs, I just burn fat instead. It's like a, it's a different adaption style. And I've, I've been doing it for a long time because of arthritis issues I have, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, is one carbohydrate that I really, really love is anything that's candy. Because I just love sweet stuff. I really, really do. And uh, so I'm always looking for ways to get around it because if you, I, I don't know, I I gain a lot of weight really quickly when I start eating candy and then like, I just, I don't feel good when I eat a bunch of sugar. So I'd really try and stay away from it. So this like, show it to Nick. It's this fat fudge stuff. Um, pH fat with a yeah, pH with a pH. And it's got like a, I don't know if you can see, it's got a little unicorn over there. Oh yeah. Unicorn fat fudge. But it's, it was just like a, a something to try. It's, it's a ketogenic supplement. And now that I'm actually seeing the macros on it, I'm kind of questioning it, but it's, it's, super tasty i mean it's basically just like chocolate and butter or cacao and then butter on it what Uh, uh, but it's a cool thing to get away with like as far as you know post-workout or something what is what are the macros on it i'm curious because i just to let our listeners know i subscribe to the same type of ketogenic uh diet as well uh and so this is this is something that uh, we share information about yeah, so all right, we're looking at like twenty grams of fat, but we've got, and this is this is why I didn't know they've got like six grams of carbs, which two of them are sugar. Um, is it and then it's sugar alcohol or is it just plain old sugar? Uh, it says sugar, just sugars. Oh, 
Bummer. Not a significant source of vitamin A, C, D. Yeah, no. Not and even then it's three grams of protein. So it's it's kind of no good. Which it, which is odd that you'd be able to put a keto stamp on there. I mean, uh, you you could if you if you ate light the rest of the day, right? Like it, it could be. It's obviously something that you want to use sparingly, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used it like post workout today, and I feel like butter. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I figured I'd share that with you. Maybe I'll bring some to the office and let you have a few. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I'd like to try that for sure. Oh, it, okay. So let's. I want to jump into something ridiculous okay. that I shouldn't be doing with my body, but I've been trying to do. Okay. So I've <laughs> I've been working with a a trainer at this jujitsu gym that I go to, and part of his his programming for like strength and conditioning always forces you to do a handstand. Whoa. Now, for anybody out there that has not done a handstand, please go try one, but be very careful because be very I can't careful. do one. I am the worst. So I have to do like a bunch of exercises and stuff that are basically leaning against a wall upside down, hoping I don't fall over. Uh, but it's kind of funny to think about the biomechanics of the body and how over time in as little as like a month, my body's been able to adapt and change the way that it it holds itself uh, through obviously like rigorous exercise, but over time I've been able to really quickly improve how long I can hold like a nose to wall handstand and even like getting up into that handstand and doing it a bunch of different times. And it, it may be, I actually almost pulled out one of your books on your bookshelf in the office, Nick, um, about biomechanics. Cause I know that that was more workplace setting, but I was wondering if I could right. understand a little better, like what's going on in a, from a physical perspective that's allowing the body to adapt so well. Yeah. I'm curious as well, because I mean, it is amazing that once you start conditioning your body to do something that it's able to do it. Right. So like when, uh, when we first started trying to get back in shape and everything, um, we were really out of shape at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, I think I even mentioned this on a show where we've been doing hikes every week, but, um, you know, slowly but surely these hikes have been killing us less and less. <laughs> and, uh, we've been adapting to sort of the behaviors that you would do while you're actually hiking. So, uh, it, it is kind of interesting to see, right. How your body adapts over time. And I, so we have, uh, we also tried insanity right at the beginning and, uh, what us. is insanity? Oh, it's like it's that uh, like beach body workout that you basically uh, kill yourself on. Oh, is this like some Billy Blanks P ninety X type stuff? Uh, kind of. It's uh, with oh god, what's his name? Shanti. <laughs> oh my goodness, D- dude, those are hard, <laughs> dude. Those are those are killer, right? And so <laughs> they're we, insane. <laughs> insanity, right? Yeah. So we've we've tried them before, and um, we have been kind of working up the courage to try it again. <laughs> you know, since we've been. Uh, getting more into shape and and doing these hikes and exercise and and all that stuff, but just haven't gotten there yet. But uh, we'll be sure to report back <laughs> when that does. Yeah, happen. dude, give it a shot. That's so crazy. So, do you have to do just a bunch of body weight stuff, or are you doing weights too? Uh, it's a bunch of body weight stuff. They have beach body ones with um with body weight or with actual weights that you can do like kettlebells and whatnot. Um. But we just so insanity is pretty much all body weight. But I mean, it's that's it, incredible. It's still it's yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of stuff. Um, they don't call it insanity for nothing. Let me just leave it at that. Like it, it is something like look up like an infomercial of it really quick while we're talking. So you can kind of get an idea of what kind of things uh, that you they have you do. 
Man, I do like those minimal effective dose workouts, and I'm pouring sweat. Although, caveat, I only have to think about sweating, and I start sweating. Oh, I know. I'm but sweating I'm, right I'm now. I'm sure it's, this is nuts. It's uh, uh, it's really hot right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's hot in your apartment, but like, I uh, the the podcast studio over here is very much a uh, a furnace because the sun sets, and there's uh, there's a window directly to my right as I podcast. And the heat kind of just gets trapped in here because it's a guest room that we only use for podcasting and guests. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hot in here right now. It looks like you're looking it up. I see the reflection in your glasses. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no wonder these fools are shredded. This looks insane. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh, yikes. But you could totally do this. I can't. You can. Uh, maybe I don't know. It's it's been a it's been a hot minute since I gave insanity a try. So I don't know. <laughs> Bring it back up the ante. There you go. We'll so see. like on the hikes, you guys are doing like how long are the hikes you're doing? Uh, typically anywhere from four to six miles. We're in that range right now. When we started, we were doing like two or three. Um, but you know we we started at the beginning of the year. We're four months in, and I feel like we're at a good place right now. We have this one nearby that like kills us every time we do it because it's like 800 feet of elevation over like a mile and a half so it's yeah it's really steep really um really intense right and so we have to take a lot of breaks we actually just tried it again for the first time last weekend we're kind of revisiting these ones so we did that like a couple months ago and it like absolutely destroyed us uh like to the point where i was like oh my god call in the helicopter because i'm not making it through um but we did it last weekend and we seem to be okay i think we're gonna try to do it again next weekend just because it's one of those things that as you keep doing it you know what's coming next and um you know pretty soon it'll be just it'll be second nature and it it won't even phase us hopefully that's the hope right so. Yeah, man. I mean, elevation is really no joke at all. It's it's hard to get around, and it's difficult to kind of even train for. I know that for a while there was uh, there's a guy that I follow named Brian McKenzie who's like very big into the the breathing of all sorts of different types of training. But he had he was using like a mask that would help augment, you know, the altitude. Oh yeah, it, it was definitely a simulation type thing. It was called like the training mask. Yeah. But funny enough, a guy that I met through where we work now. Um, through one of my projects, he was just like a, another contractor, right? He was he had just come out of the Navy, and he would go do I can't remember the name of the hike in San Diego, but it was it's the most intense hike you can possibly do. But he would do it with a training mask on. Oh wow! Just turned all the way up. No, and I could never understand why he was doing. It. Well, look, he, he's so just insane. So you know what those masks do, right? Like you understand the purpose of doing those using those oh uh, i i know that it helps with your vo2 max at the end of yeah, the day like it really it gets does. your aerobic capacity way up there yeah so so if you train if you do like weightlifting or marathon running while you have one of those masks on you're able to your lungs are taking in less oxygen while you're doing that and so when you take off the mask you're taking in basically more oxygen is at least how i understand it i could be completely wrong but well, th- see the way that i've understood it is it's really to help you be better with your economy of breath right so that you're yeah. only taking what you need and then over time you're also allowing your body to do a lot more with less oxygen right i've thought about actually buying one of those masks and and using it because uh of the health benefits but you know sitting at a desk with a mask on might be a little weird <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be hilarious if we were sitting in there. Because you can get all sorts of like goofy masks or whatever. We get oh, stormtrooper yeah. ones. Oh yeah, I get a I get a Vader one and do the do the voice modulation. Hang on, let me see. I have I have. Blake, I <laughs> am your father. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's impossible. Uh, yeah, it's definitely impossible. Yeah, yeah, I would I would hope so. We're around the same age, so. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. So, um, before we wrap this up here in a couple minutes, uh, I want to go over just one more thing, uh, which is podcast recommendations. I know a lot of our listeners listen to other human factors related podcasts. And I, I, uh, I encourage you to go out and look at those. We're, we haven't actually talked with anyone from these other podcasts, but, um, you know, we're, we're reaching out and trying to get, uh, potentially some collaboration going on at some point, but um, I know. Hang on, there was there was a there was a place. Uh, I think Mateo in in our Slack actually said some, but I wanted to to ask you, Blake, if there's any podcast that you listen to, Human Factors or not. I think the title, or since the the subject of this is Human Factors, etc. Um, we can we can definitely do the the Human Factors e stuff, but I have personally a lot more non-human factors related podcasts that i listen to than human yeah factors. i mean full disclosure i don't listen to any other not regularly i've picked up some design podcasts like that have been recommended to me or i've I've definitely at least listened to two of the podcasts that mateo's put in there because he's either tagged me one, one of the times and i've listened to them but i haven't come back to them um because i i like to i like to learn about my field but i also like to take breaks from it at the same uh-huh. time like I, I can't always be consuming content only related to either ux or human factors um so i honestly i listen to a lot of joe rogan's podcasts that's that's pretty much the one i listen to constantly um and then i like to get really silly and listen to the fighter and the kid because they are two of the funniest people on the planet to me and i just really enjoy like some of the fight talk and some of the guests they have on and just their their overall banter yeah so, um, just really quick to go into Mateo's recommendations, he recommends the the AINs, the Human Factor, which is aviation focused, and uh, um, rethinking the Human Factor, which is information security. I've also found uh, the Human Factor by Jenny Radcliffe. I'm not quite sure what that one offers, but um, I know there's those are out there. Uh, I don't listen aside like like you Blake. I I use podcasts as very much as an escape. Um because the last thing I want to do on my drive home or drive to work is listen to things that relate to work. Not that I don't enjoy my job, it's just one of those things where I'm like in a different mode, I guess if you will. So some of my podcasts here um I I listen to a lot of video game podcasts. So you and I both have uh have expressed our interest in video games. I listened to, like you said earlier, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes uh, has a couple podcasts about it. I have a lot of podcasts and just kind of like a pro tip. If you can get a podcast uh, listening tool, an app that allows you to adjust the playback speed and slowly ramp that thing up, I'm at like 200% of the original playback speed. And I have literally like... Uh, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 podcasts that I listen to throughout the week. Um, my my commute's an hour. 
hour and a half on bad days. And so I get through a lot of it. Um, but I, uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll kind of separate these. My design, the only design one that I listen to is 99% invisible. Uh, I feel like those are nice short chunks that you can listen to and digest easily. Um, I listen to several Star Wars podcasts, uh, mainly Collider Jedi Council, Rebel Force Radio. Um, uh, and then I have a couple dedicated to my game, but I don't, I won't get into those. Pod Save America is another really good one. Uh, it's, it's political in nature and you can tell by, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elise actually had me listen to an episode of that and I, I did enjoy, it was, it was funny cause it was a live action one. And they had like a uh, they had a specific football player that's gotten really into politics oh, yeah. on there that I actually had heard on JRE. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting podcast. It's it's one of those where I feel like I being aware and being on my toes and thinking about critically what what the points they're making is important. But at the same time, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's um so it's it's a couple of Obama's staffers writing staff. Uh, basically started their own podcast and they kind of talk about the things that are going on. This is very American centric and apologies for that, but there is a pod save the world, which kind of takes the global perspective. So if you're into that, you can also listen to things that way. Um, that sounds actually really awesome. Cause I, I'd, I'd love to listen to something more like globally, you know, focused. Cause I don't, I feel like we don't get as much of that in America. Yeah. We're very much us, us, us. And it's, not fair because there is a whole other world out there that's that's uh informing us on on what we're doing um i listened to a couple video game podcasts here uh podcast beyond a couple of the ign ones um giant bombcast i listened to so i mentioned the how stuff works network on our show last night that never got out so i will mention it again we talked about soundtracks earlier the soundtrack show with david w collins is an amazing treat for anyone who likes to dive into these podcasts and and um dissect what the meaning of them are he did a whole podcast on star wars music where he broke down every piece of music from every movie uh and basically showed how John Williams was creating a story with the music. And uh, he's now going through and doing that for other tracks, right? So he took the Battle of um, Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings and kind of said, like, look, here are all the different layers. You have the people who are doing the Foley work, which is basically like, oh, someone's rustling in the bushes. So we need somebody to actually make that sound, right? So it sounds maybe something like this. Right. And that's just me with a piece of paper. But that's effectively on screen when you match the image to the sound. It's somebody rustling through the bushes. And then you also have all the the weather effects and the um, the swords clashing and the people yelling and, you know, how all this stuff comes together to make a track. But he also goes into the music of it. And like, what does the music say? You know, so um but right now, it's a really fantastic listen. That's the one that I'm going to go into depth with uh, just because I feel like it's such a treat for you if you are super into podcasts. I, I don't know. It's or soundtracks. It's a, it's a great podcast. There you go. I'll throw out like two more that I listen to pretty regularly. And one, it, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. I have been since I was in college. And I've, I feel like some of the people that he's had on from from actors to high-level investors, it's I just always feel like I, I pull out some kind of new insight about how to like tackle productivity or look at life or spirituality or any of that kind of stuff. And one, th- one thing that I 
or one podcast that I've started really paying attention to because they're such short chunks is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V's podcast because like it's always a good swift kick in the ass if you're not feeling well or you're like not motivated it's just always a great way to great way to get you going because that guy's energy is insane uh so it's just two more for me yeah so i think we're at a good stopping point for this week blake uh i've really enjoyed sitting down and talking about all this sort of human factors etc stuff with you again guys thank you so much for supporting us on patreon you know where to find us. You're already supporting us. Uh, if you're getting this for free, consider supporting because we're going to bring more content like this and some of that experimental stuff. So, I don't know. We did. So when we did this last night, Blake, did we come up with a sign off? I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well. <tipped> at it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it, guys. We'll see you next week for another episode of Human Factors Cast Infinite. Bye. I don't. I don't know. Ah! No, no sign off. I don't know. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.